In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I'd like to speak with you today about the spirituality of praising God in general. There are five levels of prayer, and we learn it about these levels from the letter of St. Paul to Timothy. The five levels are number one, supplications, number two, communication, number three, intercession, number four, thanksgiving, and number five, praise. What are the difference between these five levels of prayer? Supplications, making a request. For example, you pray that you are healed from certain illness. Like when St. Paul prayed and asked God to heal him from the thorn in the flesh. That's supplications. You pray that God help you in exam. God help you to find a good job, etc. Or even for spiritual reasons, you pray for forgiveness of sins. God forgive my sins. That's supplication also. Communication is just sharing with God, sharing my feeling. I'm not asking or requesting something in particular, but just I'm sharing. For example, when David said, I was glad when they told me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So he's just sharing with God. There is no request here. It's not thanksgiving. It's not praise. It's just sharing. I was glad when they told me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Or when he said, your courts, O Lord, are lovely. So he's just sharing how he feels about going to the church. That's second level. Why it is higher than supplication? Because here I'm not asking anything in particular. Just I'm sharing. When I ask, it's about me. But sharing, it's not about me. Just I'm sharing with God how I feel. The third level is intercession, praying for others. And here actually it is higher than supplication because supplication I ask for myself. But when I ask for others, I forgot myself completely. For example, when we ask for the peace of the church or when we pray for His Holiness and the bishops and the clergy when we pray for the salvation of this holy place, when we pray for even the seeds, the herbs, the waters of the river, or when I pray for somebody else to get healed or to pass an exam or to find a job, or when I pray for somebody else that God may lead him to repentance, that God may forgive his sins. That's what we call intercession. The fourth level is thanksgiving. I thank God for what he has done to me, whether I know it or I don't know it. One time Pope Shenouda said, God does many things to us while we are unaware of it. For example, maybe some conspiracies are planned against us and God actually removed them completely while we are unaware of these conspiracies. Some people planned to hurt me 
And God intervened and stopped this. And I'm not aware of it. When we give thanks to God, we are not only giving thanks to Him for the things that He did with me, and I'm aware of it, but the things actually that He did with me while I am unaware of it. That's why in Thanksgiving prayer we say, we thank you for everything, concerning everything and upon everything. So for everything, whether I know it or I don't know it. Because God, His mercies, as we read in Lamentation chapter 3, His mercies are new upon us every morning. His mercies are new upon us every morning. The last form is praise. And praise is the highest form of prayer. Because praise is not even thanksgiving. It's higher than thanksgiving. Praise, I am praising God for who He is. For example, when I say, Holy, 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 Lord of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of your glory and honor. It's not thanksgiving, but I am actually praising God for who He is. It's like when you see a beautiful icon and say, wow, it's beautiful icon. That's praise. So when we stand in awe before God, amazed at His holiness and His love and His kindness, we praise Him. Praise Him again, why it's higher than thanksgiving. Because in thanksgiving, actually, I thank God for something He did to me or to others. So in a way, I am returning His gifts to me or His graces to me by being grateful. That's why in the Divine Liturgy, when we speak about praise, especially in sincerel Liturgy, it says what? It is meet and right and fitting and holy and becoming and profitable to our souls, bodies and spirits. To praise you, to hem you, to bless you, to serve you, to worship you, to thank you and to glorify you, and to confess to you night and day, with incessant lips, with a heart that keeps not silent, and with unceasing sociologists. It is meet and right, means what? I know some people have sensitivity from word meet and right. It is different than worthy and just. Different. Because I want to say, let us thank the Lord, or let us praise the Lord. So we say, it is meet, it is proper, it is fitting, it is the right thing. So here, it's not about He is worthy, but we are speaking about praise itself. It is the right thing to praise God. It is meet, it is proper, it is fitting to praise God. So it's meet and right. Also, in, in St. Gregory liturgy, we'll find something similar in the anaphora. When we say, it is meet and right and fitting indeed and right to praise you, to bless you, to serve you, to worship you, to glorify you, the only one true God, lover of mankind. Liturgy actually is praising God. And we prepare ourselves for the liturgy by praising God.
we start by whisper praises, then midnight praises, then morning praises or zoxology, and, and all the divine liturgy, most of it, is praising God for who he is. That's why St. Paul said in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, he said, praising God is a sacrifice. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Therefore, by him, by Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. His name means, when the Bible says name, means the character of God. The character of God. So, St. Paul is saying, therefore by him, by him, by whom? By Jesus Christ. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. What does it mean by him, by Jesus? Because we did not have access to God the Father before the sacrifice of Jesus. There was enmity between God and us. So the Lord Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he reconciled us with God the Father and reconciled us together. So now actually we can offer to God the sacrifice of praise. But I cannot stand before God to offer to him this sacrifice of praise except through Jesus Christ. We don't have access to God the Father except through Jesus Christ. So when I am hidden in Jesus Christ, I'm hidden in him, I'm covered by his blood, then I am holy because his blood covers me and purifies me and cleanses me. Then I am holy in the Lord and thus I can stand before God the Father and offer to him the sacrifice of praise. What is the sacrifice of praise? Praise is the fruit of our lips our words, our rational sacrifice. And he called it sacrifice of praise. I'm coming to this sacrifice of praise. The same meaning we read it in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. When St. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What's reasonable service? It is our worship by our mind, by the fruit of our lips, by our words, and by our spirits. That's our service. So St. Paul is saying, he added to this, your body, a living sacrifice. When I am standing before God, praising him, by my lips, by my words, and by my reason, by my mind, and by my spirit, as the Lord said to the Samaritan woman, God is a spirit, and those who worship him should him should worship him in spirit and truth. And by my body, that's why the deacon says several times, stand up in the fear of God. Oh, you are seated, stand up. Then I'm offering a sacrifice. What a sacrifice? The sacrifice here is many things actually. Number one is my body. 
When actually I'm standing in fear before God, I'm offering my body as a sacrifice. Sometimes we get tired when you stand, for example, two hours, like this morning in midnight praises. Maybe at the end you will get tired. Some people, once they get tired, they have zero endurance. So just sit down. You need to remember here, St. Paul said, present your body a living sacrifice. Nothing will happen to you if you push yourself a little bit in order to offer your body as a living sacrifice. Unless you are, for example, seriously ill and you need to sit down, that's an exception. But push yourself. In the Divine Liturgy, Abuna says, before whom stand the cherubim and the seraphim. They standing around the throne of God. If the cherubim and seraphim is standing and worshipping, should I sit in the presence of God? Some people say, Sayyidina, can I pray the Akbay while I'm sitting down in, in their homes? Why? Unless, again, you are seriously ill. Your body should be offered when you stand, when you lift up your hands in prayer. As St. Paul said in his letter to Timothy, so lifting up your hands is actually what the Bible is asking us to do. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. I'm here speaking about the sacrifice of your body. And in the Psalms, David says, in Psalm 140, let my prayer be set forth before you as incense and lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. When we worship, when we prostrate, when we kneel down, sometimes when we worship, we take a very comfortable, yeah, it's time just to comfort yourself. But that's not a living sacrifice. When we worship, when we kneel, when we stand, when we lift up our, our, our hands before God. As St. Paul said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So that's number one. When I say sacrifice, sacrifice of praise. Because when I'm praising God, I'm standing. And my body is participating. Whether lifting up my hands, whether prostrating, whether kneeling, etc. But also there is another meaning of the praise is a sacrifice. What I'm sacrificing here? In St. Gregory liturgy, Abuna says in the beginning of the institution narrative, he says, I offer you, O my master, the symbols of my freedom. When actually we see the sacrifice of Christ, how the Lord Jesus Christ sacrificed his freedom. He was nailed to the cross. I think that is very clear. His freedom completely, even the freedom of his body to walk, was completely sacrificed on the cross. He was nailed to the cross. After Abuna reflect, you have come to the slaughter as a sheep, even to the cross. You have manifested the greatness of your care to me. I want to praise God. So what sacrifice, what I should offer here? So as you give up your freedom, you emptied yourself and you became in the form of man, 
I will offer up also my freedom completely. I will do or I will write my works according to your saying. I will live my life not according to my will, but according to your will. And what's his will for us? To praise him. As St. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, we are created for him, for him, not for ourselves. So we are here to worship him, to praise him. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, all things were created through him. We understand this. Father created all things through the Son. But after he said through him and for him, what does it mean we are created for him? To praise him, to glorify him. That's why there is a debate about the lobs of the second hose. And the two opinions are correct, by the way. And if you hear this or you hear this, to opinion. When we say he made man in his image and his likeness that he may bless him. One opinion, he made man in his image and his likeness that God may bless the man. He created us to bless us. The word bless, by the way, when it comes from greater to lesser, means to give him grace, to give him blessing, to give him gifts. When from lesser to greater means to glorify. So when we say we bless God, means we glorify him, we praise him. Some people says he, God, made man in his image and his likeness that he may bless him, that God may bless him. God may bless the man. But there is another actually way to read it. You can read it this, this way. God made man in his image and his likeness, that he, man, may bless him, may bless God. And this actually goes with Colossians chapter 1. We are created through him and for him. And when you go to the following verse, it's response that man may bless God. Let us praise him and exalt his name and give thanks to him. His mercy endures forever. So if you follow this opinion, you can see how the following verse goes with the previous one. He made man in his image and his likeness, that man may bless God. Let us praise him and exalt him. So the response, we are created for him, we are created to bless God. So let us praise God and exalt his name. You see how it goes? But if you, you read it this way, or you read it this way, both can be correct. In, in St. Gregory liturgy, we are created to bless you. And how we bless God, how we glorify God, if we follow his will, not our will. If we live our life writing our works according to his sayings, as we say in St. Gregory liturgy. I will write my works according to your sayings. That's how we bless God. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify, glorify, praise, bless your Father who is in heaven. 
So that is the second way. Number one, why it is sacrifice? Number one, I'm sacrificing my body. Living sacrifice, as St. Paul said in Romans chapter 12. Number two, my will. I will not do anything. I will offer to you the symbols of my freedom. By my own will, I am enslaving myself to you. I chose to be your slave by my own will and by my own authority. So I will write my works, my works according to your saying. This is a sacrifice. And the highest sacrifice is not only my freedom and my will and my body, but is my whole being. I am offering myself as a whole to God. And St. Paul expressed it beautifully when he said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer I who live. And this actually is the highest form of praise. When I come to the church to praise God, I am not here thinking about myself, my needs, nothing. I am here just to praise God and to say, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord of Sabaoth. I am here to exalt Him and praise Him. And not only me, but actually I am calling the whole creatures to praise God. It's like the third host. The third host, actually, as you know, that is the hymn of the three young youth when they were in the furnace of fire. In the furnace of fire, maybe we expect God deliver us. We don't want to be here. Show your glory and deliver us. But they forgot completely about themselves because they saw a fourth person with them. And God already, even without the asked, as we say, you give us more than what we ask or understand. So God turned this furnace of fire into cool mist. They were amazed. They forgot completely about themselves, about their needs, and started praising God. When actually they praised God, they felt they are short of giving God the due and the fitting and the proper praise. As we say in the fraction of only begotten son who loved us, we say, I praise you, O Lord, and let all the angels and creation praise you because I am falling short to praise you as befits your holiness and your love and your mercies. So they start after they say, Blessed are you, O Lord, God of our fathers, and exceedingly to be blessed and exalted above all forever. Then they start to call all the works of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and exalt him above all forever. By the way, I don't know if you know, if that we say it in Abu Ghalamsis, it is a Greek translation of this Coptic verse. So that is in Greek. Bless the Lord, all your works of the Lord. Praise Him and exalt Him above all forever. 
And then he starts first by the heaven. Who are the heaven? The angels. And then he spoke about waters above the heaven, the clouds, because this firmament is called heaven. The clouds are water above heaven and rivers and seas under heaven. Then he called everything in heaven, sun, moon, stars of the earth, rain, dew, clouds, winds. And after he finished everything in heaven, then he started to say, praise the Lord all the earth, praise him and exalt him. And after he switched from heaven to earth, he started by saying, mountains, all hills, all things that spring upon the earth, etc. Springs, uh, rivers, seas, whales, everything moves in the water, beasts, cattle. Then he started asking the people to praise God. Bless the Lord, O sons of men, worship the Lord, praise him and exalt him above all forever. And then he called Israel the priests of God, the servants of the Lord, the, even the spirits of the soul and righteous, those who departed, O holy and humble of heart, then it concludes by Hanani, Azari, Mishael, and those who worship the Lord. So we start by why we praise God, then heavenly, then earthly, then human being. How the unrational creature praising God by actually performing their tasks. God actually created sun and created the moon, created the stars, created the mountains, the beasts for certain tasks. When they follow the direction that God actually set it for them, they are praising God. That's why David said, heaven declares the glory of God. Firmament tells about the work of his hand. Many people, they enjoy seeing sunset or sunrise or the moon when it's full moon or even the crescent or the beautiful scenery of water. When actually you see all these things and say, wow, it's beautiful. See the sunrise, see the sunset. Actually, you are glorifying God. When actually any creature did not follow the design of God, it is a national disaster. When the earth cracks, it's earthquake. If the, the mountain moves, it's again a huge earthquake. So by following the design that God made for them, they are praising God. Here in praising God, I forget completely about myself. And I call the whole creation to praise God with me. Because I feel I am short. I, I cannot actually praise God as befitting His holiness and as befitting His glory. That's why we say, praise Him, exalt Him above all forever. And we conclude this by Hos Eruf, this beautiful hymn. And Hos Eruf actually is a long hymn. Why it's long? Because we want to say, God, I want to spend all my life to praise you. So we spend in the, these two words, Hos Eruf, maybe about seven minutes. And then we say, Arihu Utshasf Shariyani. Arihu Utshasf means, and exalt him, Bil Arabi, Zidu Alawan. Zidu, yani, give him more praise. When you order something, when you tell another, so Zidu here, Zidu means, give him more. 
add more. That's why in Arihu Chasf, the first part is repeated again in Shaini. Why it's repeated the same? Because it will be all zidu, yani repeat it again, give him more, it's not enough. That's why after we say Ari, who just, we repeat it again in Shaini. That's the meaning of zidu alone. That's why there is a repetition here. And see how the music matches the words and matches the meaning. We spoke here about three types of sacrifices when we praise God. The first sacrifice is sacrifice of my body. As St. Paul said, oh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. The second sacrifice is the sacrifice of your will, the symbols of my freedom. I actually do or write my works according to his saying. And the third sacrifice is I completely disappear. I completely forget about myself. But here now I am offering myself, my whole being as a sacrifice to God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I call all the creation, like the three young men in the furnace of fire, I call all the creation to praise God with me. The same meaning actually, when we start the Vespers praises, that's Psalm 116, we call all the people to praise God. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all peoples, Gentiles and Jews, everybody. For His mercy is confirmed upon us and the truth of the Lord endures forever. So usually the first part of praises we call before we start Vesper praises, we say, Praise the Lord, all your nations. Praise Him, all your people. The church is calling us to come and praise. One of the things is actually that uh, I don't like, when we make announcement about Vesper, we say Vesper start at 6 or at 7. Although there is one hour before Vespers, which is the Agbeya and Midnight Praises, but when we say it start at 7, we mean the offering of the incense. As if praises then for the, some three or four deacons who come and do the uh, whisper praises, but the people should not attend it. Why is this? The, the psalm says, praise the Lord all you nations, praise him all you peoples. So actually, when I announce about whisper, I say whisper at start at six. When I say start at six means I will do the psalms, then Nesnustiru, then the fourth canticle, etc. All the Vesper praises. And all the people actually are invited to praise the Lord, not only four or five deacons who come. And some people, they skip it. Many churches actually, they don't do midnight praises or Vesper praises or morning praises. Although praises are essential part in our liturgy. It is the preparation of ourselves in order to be united with the true sacrifice through Eucharistia. And the same way in midnight praises, we start by saying what? Arise, O children of the light, let us praise the Lord of hosts. If you are not coming to participate in praising the Lord of hosts, you are not from the children of light. It says, Arise, O you children of the light. 
Let us praise the Lord of hosts. Are you from the children of the light or not? If you are from the children of the light, then you need to be in the church. You need to participate in the midnight praises. It, it actually prepare your soul to be united with the sacrifice of Christ. That's why in, in St. Gregory liturgy, Abuna reflects on the praises of the church and very, very thankful to God that he made us worthy to praise him. That's why Abuna, after he says, you are he in the anaphora, whom the invisible bless and the visible worship, they all do your word, o our master, as he told you, part of praising God is doing his word. Then he says, you have given to the earthly the praising of the seraphim. Meaning what? Meaning when we praise God, we are not here on earth anymore. We are actually in heaven, standing among the choir of the seraphim and the choir of the cherubim. That's why Abuna says, who has established the rising of the choir of the incorporeal among men. Now, the choir of the incorporeal, incorporeal has no corpus, has no body. These are spirits, the angels. Now, as if God established their choir among us, so them and us were praising God together. The seraphim and the cherubim praising God, and now we dare through his intercession, through his blood, to stand among them to praise God. That's why we say, who has given to the earthly the praising of the seraphim, receive from us also our voices together with the invisible. Count us with the heavenly hosts. Let us also say with them, having cast away from us all the thoughts of evil imagination and proclaim that which they send up with unceasing voices and unfailing lips and praise your greatness. Very powerful. We are standing now among the incorporeal, among the cherubim and seraphim and praising with them. That's why let us cast away from us all the thoughts of evil imagination. When we come to praise God, Satan actually is very angry and is very upset. That's why the most prayer that Satan is fighting, Satan is fighting against all types of prayers, the five forms of prayer. But the prayer that Satan actually is fighting the most is praising God. Because Satan is very jealous from God. Among us, when I'm jealous of somebody, if another person is praising him, I'll be very angry. Satan is jealous from God. He wants to put his throne above the throne of God. So when we praise God, Satan is very angry. That's why Satan actually attacks the praises very badly. Either through laziness, or we are not interested to go and attend to praises, or in our mind that praises is just for deacons who know the hymns, it's not for anybody. Or we complain that what is the purpose of all these long hymns? It's wasting of time. 
Why? Why? Two words like Hus'eruf take seven minutes. Why? Because they don't understand. But that's what's how Satan is attacking praises. Or we'll tell you, okay, come. But come to attend the praises to actualize your ego, not to offer yourself as a sacrifice. So I want to lead. I want to have the microphone. I want to show off that I know these hymns. And sometimes praises, it turn into competition, showing off, not offering ourselves as a sacrifice. And people fight together during praises. Why Satan is attacking praises? Because as I told you, Satan becomes very jealous because we praise God and Satan doesn't want us to praise God. And I want you to know this, that praises are heavily attacked by Satan. But when we actually we praise God, we are not here on earth, but it is the real fellowship, the real communion with the choir of the saints. What if it is not my gift to learn these hymns or these long hymns? I know it's not the gift of everybody, but here I have advice to the chanters and advice to the person who doesn't know the hymns. The chanters, when they praise like the angels with one voice, with humbleness, offering themselves as a sacrifice, then the people who are listening, even if they don't know the hymns, they actually will enjoy listening to these hymns, although they don't know it. Like even in the secular songs, not everybody is a musician, not everybody has a beautiful voice and can sing, but they do a lot of training, a lot of rehearsal. That's why people, when they listen to these secular songs or to the music, they enjoy it. Sometimes our performance as a chanters is competitive, there is no harmony, just I want my voice to be heard. That's why we don't help the people to concentrate and to enjoy praises. When there is a choir presenting like in New Year or in the Nativity Feast or Resurrection or, or any choir feast of the saint, I see people actually do training and rehearsal maybe for four, five, six months just for this 20 minute or 30 minute choir presentation. In the same time, I don't see deacons, the chanters, they are doing this training together in order when they, they pray, they pray with one voice. So my advice to the chanters here, not only to learn the hymn, but you need to pray the hymn with your spirit and with your heart, offering yourself as a sacrifice. That is the sacrifice of praise. It's not time to show off. It's not time to actualize your ego and to defend your ego. It's not time to ask where I am among these people. And also you need to train yourself as to chant in harmony together. As about the Cherubim and Seraphim, they pray with one voice. Pray with one voice. We need 
to train the chanters, train and exercise and rehearse so that when they chant, they chant together as one voice. This will help the people who are not gifted in, in hymns to learn special long hymns, they can enjoy the praises. And for the people, when you come, and even if you don't know the hymns, don't come with the mind, why they are taking too long? Lafi, secular singer, and you want to, uh, to attend a performance, why are here? They are here actually to enjoy, to enjoy the, the song and the music. So when you come to the church, enjoy the praises. Focus on the meaning and try to use the music with the me. And thank God now the, the translation is available. So even if they say him like it will take about 12 minutes. But the translation is known. Praise him and exalt him forever. It's a time. Use this 12 minute or 10 minute to reflect about how to offer yourself as a sacrifice when you are praising God. It's time for meditation. It's time for reflection. So use this time to praise the Lord. If not by hymns, because you don't know it, by my meditation, by reflection on how great the Lord is. And when you listen to this music of, of the hymns, it will help you actually to meditate and reflect more on God and on praising Him. Praises is the gift of God that He gave us because it is the language of the heavenly. But God allowed us to use the same language. We who are unworthy to use the same language and to talk him with the same language. To be among the cherubim and seraphim, praising him and glorifying him. I will conclude by repeating Psalm 116 that we say in the beginning of the Vesper praises. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all your people. For His mercy is confirmed upon us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Alleluia. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.